Over his 34-year career, my husband has authored over 50 published articles, along with several books, videos, and audio training programs on the subject of network marketing. He's also been repeatedly recognized as one of the top network marketing trainers in the world. In June of 2011, he was invited to visit our company's home office. He was so impressed with what he saw that he decided that day to walk away from his lucrative speaking and consulting career and got started as a team of one. Today, that team of one has grown to over 200,000 customers, associates, managers, directors, executives, and millionaires in 17 countries. Today, my husband and I work together and we are extremely grateful to have been recognized as the number one income earners for our company worldwide. But what I'm most excited about today is that thanks to podcast technology, you can learn the leadership skills, the leadership lessons that will help you grow your own world-class team. With that in mind, let the man who's been teaching others about leadership for decades share what he's been teaching with you. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to introduce my business partner and the love of my life, my husband, Michael S. Klaus. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to each and every one of you beautiful people. Here we are again, episode number 13. Today we're going to be talking about meeting the need through the power of questions. Well, meeting what need? Well, the need of your customer, the need of your associate, your business builder. We really want to understand whatever problem it is that they're facing, and we want to then be in a position to offer the appropriate solution. It's true. You can find out just about anything if you ask the right questions. The problem, though, too often is that we're asking the wrong questions. We've been discussing this on some previous podcasts. For example, will this work is the wrong question. The wrong question because if you throw enough time, effort, or energy against almost any problem, you might be able to solve it. But will this work is not the right question because solving it is not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is duplicate. So we want to be asking the right question. Will this duplicate? Here's another one. Do I have to drink these shakes every day? That's the wrong question. The question we really should be asking is, what do I need to do to be in better health? What do I need to do to feel better, look better, have more energy? What adjustments do I need to make in order to live in the body of my dreams? Again, we need to focus on asking the right questions. Hey, here's my all-time favorite. Let's stop asking this question. How long have you been with Isagenics? Listen, I've asked probably some of you, and I would imagine I'll continue to do so because it's an old habit, but it really is the wrong question. How long you've been with Isagenics, whether you're as a customer or as an associate, a business builder, or one of our top millionaires, really isn't relevant. We have people that have done extraordinary things in short periods of time and people that have been around for a while before before they accomplished much. The number of days, weeks, months, or years that go by have little to do with the benefits received. This has to be about how many not how long. So we need to understand that asking the wrong question will never get you the right answer. You know what will also never get you the right answer? A predetermined presentation. You probably have heard the example, hey, let's just throw all the spaghetti up against the wall and see what sticks. 
you know, years ago, I had a little experiment in my garage. I was just curious about the phrase. I think sometimes a little bit out of the box. So I got a big uh, sheet of plywood, put it up against the wall. I made myself a few pots of spaghetti, and I literally went out to the garage, and I threw, no kidding, I threw the spaghetti against the wall to see if it would stick. Do you know what I learned? Crazy as it seems, but true. I learned that if you throw enough spaghetti at the wall, it will stick, or at least some of it, but it makes a mess. And if you come back a couple of days later, most of what stuck seems to have dried up and just fallen off. It's not the best approach in life. A predetermined presentation will get us some solution. Maybe some people will say, okay, good, better, best. I'll just take the middle one. You know, oftentimes we find ourselves in a little cafe or something and they have three sizes and we don't know what to do. So we just pick the middle one. We kind of default to that. No, we need to be better than this. Whether we're talking to our potential customers or our business builders, we really need to find out what's their need. We really want those individuals to become customers for life. And the best way to do that is to find out what personally is important to them, not necessarily what's important to us. I mean, after all, if you happen to be somebody who's had an incredible weight loss Um, uh, benefit here. Maybe you've lost 20 or 30 or 40 pounds, a great transformation. And you're talking to someone who may only lose four, need to lose four or five pounds. How do you tell your story in a way that they understand what you've done will benefit them? By contrast, maybe you've only lost 10 or 15 pounds because it's all you needed to lose. And you're talking to somebody else who is, well, they've got a longer road to go down. How could they possibly relate? No, we need to tell our story when it's appropriate. We need to be as relevant as we can to the people we're talking to. But we also need to understand that meeting the need of the potential customer, meeting the need of the potential business builder, that's what it's all about. And we accomplish that through the power of questions. Now, let me give you an example of something I lived through where one question could have literally changed just about everything everything. And yet each and every time I had this experience, I would just sit there patiently waiting, thinking, why can't these people learn how to ask the appropriate questions? Let me tell you the story. For about 25 years of my life, I decided to become a pescatarian. Now, so you don't need to pause and look that up if you're unsure of the word, a pescatarian is someone who's decided not to eat meat unless, of course, it's fish. I went one step further and decided I would only eat fish if it happened to be wild. So I had what you might refer to as a limited um, or a restricted dietary you know, requirement. Uh, I didn't have a food allergy per se. I just didn't really want to go down that road. And it's a crazy story. We, you know, we just really don't need to get into. But for about 25 years of my life, that was my reality. And so I would find myself many, many times, as you might imagine, over those 25 years at a restaurant where they would tell you what the specials were. And it would always be the same thing. The wait person would come out, maybe the waiter, the waiter, the waitress, the server, whatever title they would prefer. And they would say, let me tell you about tonight's specials. They would never pause and reflect on who was at the table and whether or not there might be a dietary restriction or requirement. So they would tell us all about the beef. They would tell us all about the chicken. They would tell us all about the veal. They would tell us all about the pork or whatever else it happened to be. And I would just sit there patiently waiting until they finished 
where I could ask my question because they would usually say, and if you have any questions, like, yes, do you have any wild fish on the menu? No, I'm sorry, we don't. Okay, well, I start looking at some other choice I might be able to have for that evening's meal. What's so crazy about that is that all they would have had to have done is to insert one question before that, and it would have literally changed the dynamics of everything. Just imagine you're sitting there at that really nice restaurant, and your, let's say, waiter comes out and introduces himself. Hey, I'm David. I'll be taking care of you tonight. And if it's okay, I would love to share with you tonight's specials. But before I do, does anyone have any food allergies or dietary restrictions I should be aware of? I mean, what a beautiful, simple, and elegant question. Does anyone have any food allergies or dietary restrictions I need to be aware of? I would have raised my hand and said, from a meat perspective, if it's wild and if it's fish, I'm open. If it's not, you can just pass by, you know, moving on to uh, someone else. Because I just really wasn't going to be interested What's the bottom line? Well, I really hope that over some period of time, people are more educated in that space. And if you happen to work in that space, just remember, simple question can really help you determine what it is your customers are really interested in having for a meal. In other words, don't assume, ask. So how does that transcend or how does that shift over to what we're doing here at Isagenics? Well, can you imagine if we started our conversation with something like this? So that I can better help you, would it be all right if I asked you a few questions? Now listen, whether you have a lot of experience in isogenics or you're just getting started, what a beautiful way to begin a conversation with someone who is open to hearing more about what it is that we do. So that I can better help you. Would it be all right if I asked you a few questions? Now, assuming you're given permission, we need to move on and begin asking relevant questions. Questions that the answers are going to really reflect what our prospect happens to be interested in. So here's the challenge. This can become where the left brain firstborn, you know, analytical types are going to be taking copious notes and trying to figure out how they can memorize, internalize, and then be able to regurgitate or utilize this information. That's too complicated. We really don't want to go down that learning curve. So for years, I've come up in my mind with a very simple formula, a simple strategy, and I would like to share that with you now. Simply think past, present, and future when it comes to asking your questions. So let's go back to our present, our premise. So, so that I can better help you, would it be all right if I asked you a few questions? They say, sure. Now we're going to think again past, present, future. So let's set up the stage here. Let's say we're talking to Mary and we can tell by looking at Mary that she may be in the, in the market for something that would be along the weight loss arena. We're not judging Mary. We're not predetermining what she may or may, may not be interested in, but Mary's intrigued and we're sitting there, we're having a conversation. Maybe we're texting. Maybe we've looked at her Facebook profile picture, whatever it happens to be, but we want to find out not what we think Mary needs. Hey, wow, I took a look at your Facebook profile picture and we've got a weight loss value pack that we think would be perfect for you. You know, the average weight loss is about nine pounds per month and based upon your picture, you're going to need to be on that for a while, but you stay on it and you're going to be okay. No, that's probably not going to get us the results that we want. That would be a predetermined presentation based on an assumption. You don't know how old the picture is. Who knows? Maybe it's an old picture because Mary's gotten a little bit larger. 
maybe it's an old picture because it just happens to be a memory of hers that is important and she's not changed it. And Mary doesn't look anything like that today. No, we really need to focus in on Mary. So Mary, so that I can better help you, would it be all right if I asked you a few questions? So tell me about what you're interested in. Say, if we went back in your life four, five, six years ago, you know, how was your health then? How are you feeling then? Now, again, you're looking for questions that you feel are relevant to Mary. I wouldn't start with what did you weigh then, but you know, a little bit lighter version of that. How are you feeling then? Mary begins to share from her heart. Well, I used to weigh about 70 pounds more than I weigh now. I've tried several things. I've gotten the weight off a few times, but it always seemed to come back and bring along some of its friends. I've been struggling to really maintain my weight and I still have about 30 pounds to go. And boy, I'm telling you, it's just been a challenge for me. Now, what have we learned in just that very, very small moment in time? We've learned about her challenges. We've learned where she was. We've learned she's making progress, but she's just not really getting the result, results that she really wants to achieve. So where were you? We've got a pretty good idea. So where are you? So tell me, where are you right now in that journey? Well, I'm just trying to eat healthier. You know, I've moved to an all organic diet. I'm trying to uh, really be focused on, on working out more. You know, she just listen to what Mary is sharing with you from her heart. And then when you understand where Mary is, again, where are you? Then just cast your vision for her, help her see herself into the future. So Mary, where would you like to be? Say maybe in 90 days or six months or a year, where would you like to see yourself physically? And just listen as Mary shares from her heart. Find out how important this is to her. If Mary has 30 more pounds to go and tells you in a year if she could just lose 10 pounds, you can understand that Mary's interested in moving forward, but not at a very rapid rate. If Mary tells you, by contrast, Hey, listen, you know, the next season is just around the corner and we're thinking about taking this beautiful cruise. It's going to be warm and tropical and I've just got to get into my body. I've got about 90 days to do it. Then you know that Mary has a different vision of her future. So just remember past, where were they? Present, where are they? And future, where would they like to be? And you can cast that out again about 90 days, six months, or a year. Hey, who knows? Maybe you can take that five years into the future if it's appropriate, but just think past, present, and future. You know, shifting gears here just a bit, one of my favorite icebreaker, you know, let's get this party started questions can be as simple as it is effective. What would you like to know about first? You know, sometimes just really going for that question lets you understand where they are, maybe what they know. I mean, I've asked people a number of times, so what would you like to know about first? And had people say, I really don't know much at all. I, I just was hoping you could share. Now that tells me a lot in that question. By contrast, I've said, what would you like to know about first and had people come back and say, well, I've been doing some research online and what I found is that there is this product or this system called the value pack. It seems to run about this much money. It, it, it comes with this much and I just wanted to know, you know, what can I expect to lose if I, if I acquired that pack and if I follow the system? Now, can you imagine how much different that conversation would be than someone who says, I, I really don't know much about what it is that you do? 
So what would you like to know about first can be a great icebreaker, a great conversation starter. And once you've asked, answered that question to the best of your ability, the follow-up can be, as, uh, be equally effective. What would you like to know about next? Remember, sometimes it's just nothing more than what would you like to know about first? Now that we've covered that, what would you like to know about next? Now that we've covered that, what would you like to know about next? Hey, now that we've covered that, what would you like to know about next? But regardless, always think past, where were you? Present, where are you? And future, where would you like to be in the next 90 days, six months, year, or five years? From this day forward, if I have but one request, one wish, one hope for all of you who are listening is that you will start to become collectors of great questions. In other words, instead of thinking, what can I tell them about isogenics? What can I tell them about our shakes? What can I tell them about ionics? What can I tell them about the cleansing process? How much should I share with them about this? Instead of thinking, what can I tell them? Start thinking, what can I ask them so that they will tell me, hey, have you ever done any fasting before? I do intermittent fasting from time to time, and I thoroughly have enjoyed it. Really? So what's the protocol? What's the procedure? What, when you say intermittent fasting, what does that mean to you? And then listen, you might find that their protocol is very similar to what we're doing. And in that case, you're going to love this because it's just on par with what you're already doing. We just feel that some of the nutrients we're providing might help you get to your goals even faster. By contrast, if you said, have you ever tried intermittent fasting? They're like, oh my goodness, not eating. I couldn't even imagine, imagine such a thing. Well, during presentation, we may need to have a larger conversation with Mary around what this is and gradually work her into it. So again, it's not what can I tell them, it's what can I ask them so that they will tell me. Let's talk about this weight loss example a little bit further. When we're talking to Mary, have you tried to lose weight before? How long did it take? How did you feel during those months? Were you successful in keeping it off? Those are just some examples of, again, a past portion of this question. Present. So what are you doing now? Is what you're doing now working? Do you feel like you're moving in the direction you'd like? Do you feel what you're doing now will get you where you'd like to go? Future. Where would you like to be in 90 days? Hey, if you found something that you felt might work, would you be willing to try it for about 90 days? By the way, that's one of my all-time favorite questions, I'll tell you. You know, I mentioned just a moment ago, become a great collector of questions. It's one of my favorites. Would you be willing to try for this for about 90 days, whatever this happens to be? Now, I know that some of you may be thinking about that Star Wars character, Yoda, and there is no try, only do, and you're thinking that this was probably a real being in some other, you know, parallel universe, and we have to honor what he has said because of his wisdom. I want to remind all of you, although many people really are Star Trek, or not Star Trek, but Star Wars fans, my apologies, Star Wars fans, Yoda was a figment of someone's imagination, not a real character. I don't think he's living in a parallel universe, and the words that came out of his mouth were actually written by a Hollywood writer in some capacity. So the idea of there is no try, only do really has no basis other than that movie. By contrast, there is a lot of supporting evidence to suggest from psychologists who study such things that the word try is much better to the word change. 
hey, we just need to change a th few things about what you're doing and you're going to be fine. You know, if you change your attitude, you'd be a better person. You know, you need to change what you're doing if you want to get a better result. That is where we tend to push back. That's where we don't tend to get much of a result. But if you'd like to try this, hey, why don't we just give it a try? Listen, and you say it in such a way that if it doesn't work, hey, you can always go back to what you were doing before. Why not give it a try? So it's all one of my all-time favorite questions. Hey, here's another one. What's more important to you, the way you look or the way you feel? Now, as you're thinking about these questions, I want you to remember, think conversation, not interrogation. You don't want to think, I've got to go past, present, future, first, second, third, fourth, fifth. You know, how much weight did you lose? How long did you keep it off? How did it feel to you? Did it come back? Did it bring its friends? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? You're going to make this person feel incredibly uncomfortable. No, think conversation, not interrogation. Get to know these people for who they are. And I think even more importantly, get to know them for who they would like to become. Now, you want to continue going down this road until you've asked enough questions where you feel, and again, it's a judgment call. There is no right or wrong. It's not like these three questions and you move into presentation, or these four questions and now you've got it clear in your mind. No, you're dealing with real human beings. Just ask enough questions until you feel like you have enough information to make a recommendation. Maybe something like this would be a great transitional question. Mary. Now that I understand what you're wanting to accomplish, may I offer a solution that I believe would be in your best interest? Something simple like that. Now that I understand what you're trying to do, may I offer a solution that I believe would work for you? You know, it's really hard for people to say no to that question, especially if you've been gaining a little bit of rapport, getting to know Mary, and you really have remembered or awakened her to the journey she's been on. You know, too often in this business world, we sometimes forget that people have been trying to lose weight for years, if not decades. I still remember, I think I mentioned it on an earlier podcast about a lady I was talking to about isogenics. And I said, you know, really, what are you trying to accomplish? She said, boy, if I could lose the last 10 pounds of my baby weight, I would just be thrilled. I mean, I know it doesn't sound like much. And, you know, when I tell my, my girlfriends that, they usually are like, really, seriously, this is where you want to go? But to me, those last 10 pounds, I just, I need to find a way to get them off. And so just kind of reminding her of what she said so that I could make sure I understood it. I said, so you really want to get rid of the last 10 pounds of baby weight? And she said, yes. And then I asked the most logical question I could think to ask. Boy, did I learn something. I mean, the question was maybe a question you would have asked too. So how old is your baby? And she started laughing and she said, my baby is now about 14. We both laughed. What did I realize? This mother had been struggling for about 14 years to get the last 10 pounds off. She felt okay. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, she woke up every morning and just hated the way she looked in, or felt. She just wanted and knew she could be better than she was. And she was looking for a solution. And we were able to provide that. So remember, always ask. Don't ever assume. And don't come with a predetermined presentation in your mind. You want to meet the need through the power of questions. And then remember, this is also important. There are two aspects to what it is that we do. Number one, we help people live in a better body. And after being involved in this company for years and listening and 
observing and, and hearing so many of these stories, incredible stories, people that have done amazing things to look better, feel better, have more energy, sleep better at night, get back into their skinny jeans, and on and on it goes. I am convinced that isogenics, if you choose the right system and you follow it like a recipe, will produce the results that anyone is looking for, again, if they give it enough time. We've got the data to suggest about 10 pounds per month. So if you're looking to lose 40 pounds, it's going to take you about four months. You're just not going to do it overnight. So let's be reasonable with people and always make sure we're leading them down the right road. But there's a second thing or second aspect to what it is that we do, and that's the business side. You know what I said years ago, living in a better body and living out of a bigger bank account. And too often, I think we're missing the mark here because we're focusing on getting them healthy and we're not talking about getting them wealthy. Now, when I use that word, please don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about buying the largest mansion and driving the fanciest cars and having servants. It, it isn't about that. It's just that I'm a writer. And so when I hear the word healthy, I've got to find a word that kind of works. So I go with wealthy. Live in a better body, in, body, out, bank account. Live in a better body, live out of a bigger bank account. That's the writer in me. So just keep that in mind. But it is, you know, I think a little clever and it's easy to remember when we think health and wealth. What's more important? Well, do your own survey. And it's frightening. Ask people. If you could maintain the body that you're currently living in right now, no changes, you would never get worse, but you would never get better. And you would never have to worry about money again. Or you could absolutely have the body you have always dreamed of, but continue to have the financial situation you find yourself in right now with no changes. Which of those two choices would you select? Here's the crazy thing. I've never had a person yet say, if I could change my, my physical body, I'd be happy. Because most people realize that even if they were living in the right body, if the stress was there, the financial pressures, they didn't like their job, they felt underpaid, they just didn't like the amount of time they had to pour into it, they're away from their loved ones too much, whatever it happens to be for them. You know, I had a lady quit one time and, and join the team. She was a dental hygienist when one day, crazy story, she told her, uh, her employer, which happened to be the dentist, when she was going to be taking her break. And he said, no, you can't take your break. Then you can take your break here at this time. It was so simple, such a simple thing. It was a reasonable request based upon their patient load and what was going on. But for whatever reason, it was literally the straw that broke the camel's back. She's like, do I really want to go the rest of my life tell, having someone, even if I respect that person, even if they're paying me a salary or you know, paying me for what I do, do I want to have someone telling me when I can stop and have lunch? So she quit. She looked around for something to do and got involved in the network marketing profession and ended up doing rather well. So here's what we know for sure. We always want to plant that seed. We want to plant the opportunity seed because most people are struggling financially. And too often that financial struggle is so real that it affects their decision to get started on the road to better health. After all, eating healthier costs more. Organic food costs more. Wild fish, believe me, costs more. Grass-fed beef, free-range chicken, it all costs more. 
We don't want people to have to make decisions based upon what they have in their bank account. If that is what is preventing them from having better health, we want to plant the opportunity seed. How? By predicting Mary's future in advance. So how do we do that? Well, let's go back to our friend Mary, who wants to lose these 30 unwanted, difficult pounds she's been trying to get off for a while. And let's kind of future cast and help her understand what it would be like if she were to pick the right isogenic system and really follow it like a recipe. Say, you know, Mary, based upon the science that we have, the testing that we've done, and based on your goals, it would seem reasonable that in about three months, you could literally have your body back. You could be back in your skinny jeans. You could open up your closet to your entire wardrobe. Can you imagine what it would feel like to walk in and wear whatever you wanted? Mary's like, wow, that would be wonderful. I haven't been able to do that in years. Well, in about 90 days, you know, would it be worth giving this a try for about 90 days to see what happens? Mary says, yeah, I think I'd like to do that. Say, wonderful. Mary, you know, when this begins to happen, people are going to notice. And when they notice, they're going to ask. And when they ask, what are you doing? You look amazing. Wow, are you losing weight? You look great. You look younger. You look like you have more energy. What's going on? When they ask, you're going to basically have to make a decision between two choices. Number one, you could refer them to me, and I would treat them as well as I've been treating you. I'll take very good care of them. After all, this is what I do. I would really, really enjoy the referral. All you need to say is, hey, my friend Michael is the one who introduced me. You don't need to go any further than that. I'll have him give you a call. Would that be okay? They say, sure. And then you can just pass along my information, and I'll take care of your friend. Or, if you'd like... You could take care of your friend. After all, they're your friend. They're asking you, and I could show you how you could be paid doing that. The same amount of money I would be paid by doing that. Mary, would it be okay if I showed you what I mean? Again, obtain permission and then show her what you mean. Plant that seed of opportunity. With Mary's permission, draw out something like you share, they share, and show Mary how she could get her products paid for. And then if you detect a spark of interest, you know, even some mild curiosity, say, Mary, this is about how you get your products paid for. But it, would it be okay if I went just a little further and really showed you what's possible? What people just like you are doing in the marketplace? And then here's again kind of the, the hierarchy that I go through in walking people down the road, future casting as to what's possible. I say product, product, car, Product, car, home, 300 plus millionaires. So one more time, product, product, car, product, car, home, 300 millionaires. So how do we structure that into a sentence? Mary says, sure. So as I'm drawing out again what's possible, showing her really what the big picture is, I'm going to explain to her that we have a lot of people, Mary, just like you, that all they really want to do is refer enough people where they can pay for their products. And then once they find out that, hey, that's fairly comfortable, it doesn't, it's not hard, you know, you have to do it, of course, you know, you get paid for the work you actually do, but they think, hey, maybe I could take this a little bit further. Maybe it, it would be possible for me to pay for my products and, and say my car. Mary, let me ask you, if you were able to pay for your Isogenics products and your car, would that be a benefit to your family financially? Watch Mary's reaction. If you're texting her, just see how long it takes her to respond. You know, you really want to find out what that means to her. And then she goes, wow, that would be incredible. Well, I can show you how we, how we can teach you how to do that. And we have other people that are paying for their products, paying for their cars, and paying for their home. Mary, let me just pause for a moment and ask you, try to imagine what that might feel like if you could pay for your product, 
pay for your products in your car, pay for your products, your car, and your home. How would that feel financially in your family? I've seen people where they start to tear up just a little bit. And then I remind them, look, I don't know what you're interested in doing long-term, but I can tell you that today we have more than 300 people that have become Isagenix millionaires. And then I make sure I describe or define what that means to her because I don't want her to have the wrong impression. I say Isagenix counts day one, dollar one, and they add it all together. And it may take some people a decade to get there, some even longer. Some have done it in a much shorter period of time. But as soon as they have earned over time $1 million or more, they receive that distinction as one of our Isagenix millionaires. More than three 300 people have done that. And then again, in just circling back to this financial aspect, always speak the truth. Never exaggerate and direct everyone who wants to know more about earning an income with Isagenics to isagenicsearnings.com. And for all of you listening, I'm going to direct you there as well. If you haven't been to Isagenics Earnings in a while, you need to go take a look. You need to print out that information. You need to read that over. You need to let that inspire you as to what others have done. Whether or not it ever becomes your reality is really up to the time, effort, or energy that you put in. But let's be really clear. Isogenics pays based on production and performance of you and the team, which ultimately, ultimately means how many customers are enjoying these products. How many people wake up every morning wanting to look better, feel better, have more energy? How many people go to bed every night wanting to sleep better at night and will use one of our products so that they can have a better quality of life? The more products that people are consuming, the more revenue is generated. The more revenue that is generated, the more income that is produced. And why not have that income that is produced roll up to you or at least a portion of it? So listen, remember to bring this back full circle. Let's focus from today forward on meeting the need of the prospect, meeting the need of the associate through the power of questions. Let's always plant that seed of opportunity in every conversation we have. Let's not show up with a predetermined presentation any longer. Let's show up and find out what they want. Let's use the power of questions to see if we can uncover what's important to them. Let's think past, present, and future and walk them down the road of what's possible and let's make absolutely certain that when they say yes and there will be those people who say yes that we slow down long enough to teach them. We teach them how to get the most out of their product experience. And for those who are interested in joining us, we get them plugged in, we keep them plugged in, and we make sure that we're holding their hand for as long as necessary until they know exactly what it is they should be doing. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed this material. Please remember, listen to this several times. Make sure you understand it fundamentally. And as always, make sure those on your team are listening too. Hey, until next week, this has been Michael Klaus. Let's go out and make this week magnificent.